Personal Finance Presentation, Create Personal Income Statement. Prepare to get financially fit by practicing personal finance. The income statement's one of our major two financial statements, the other being the balance sheet. Recalling that the balance sheet represents where we stand at a point in time, the income statement shows performance over a time frame. It needs a beginning and an end instead of just one point in time. If we think about the balance sheet as where we are currently standing and we look back to some time frame with a beginning and an end, typically a month or a year, that frame is what the income statement basically is. And it's going to show us some more detail about how we got to where we were a month or a year ago to where we are at today, giving us some detail about it, showing us the inflows and outflows, showing us income and expenses. So it reports the final activity over time, reports the financial activity over time, meaning it does need a beginning and ending period. You can't have an income statement with just one date on it. So it's a, either a month or a year usually. Personal financial statements often use more of a cash basis reporting cash inflows and outflows. So we'll look at it more on a cash basis. That's typically what most people will do. But remember, an accrual concept is going to be necessary sometimes. And we're going to have to point out when the accrual concept is typically going to be used, even though we're using a cash basis. So usually cash basis is used because it's a little bit easier to input. It's also a little bit easier to track and verify and tie to the actual financial transactions as we're looking at the cash inflows and outflows. But the reasons for an accrual concept are still relevant when we think about the personal side as well. And there's still going to be trade-offs when we think about whether or not we want to be on a cash or an accrual basis for particular things that we're looking into. And it is possible to be on an accrual basis for a particular item on a cash basis kind of for other items. Uh, may be called a personal income statement, a personal cash flow statement. So in our sense of this, if we're looking at it on a cash flow basis, we might simply call it basically a personal cash flow statement. Remember, on the business side, you usually have a balance sheet and then an income statement on an accrual basis and then a statement of cash flows to shore up the cash flow as well. Usually on the, on the personal side, we're going to lean our income statement to be more on a cash basis. So that'll be, you can kind of say they're the same thing in essence, or it could be called a profit and loss statement. So you might hear it be called a P&L, profit and loss. It's going to be in essence having two components to it, income, which you could call revenue or cash inflows and expenses or cash outflows. The difference being called net income or the net increase or decrease in cash surplus or deficit in cash. How would you create the income statement? So we said the income statement is on a cash basis showing cash inflows and outflows. So you'd be thinking about your checking account activity within the checking account. So if you got your bank statement, for example, this is a mock bank statement, you would be focusing in on the inflows and outflows, the deposits and the outflows. And you would have to take that information and group it together in a format in alignment with the format of the income statement, which are cash inflows, revenue, uh, on the top line and then expenses down below categorizing those expenses. You could do this with software. If you use accounting software, it'll help you to, to categorize these as you record them in the software transaction by transaction. Or if you're using other types of software that's pulling in the end financial data information up top, you will still have to, to get this information somehow and compile it which can be a little bit difficult. This is where most of the work will be involved 
because normally the deposits are going to be pretty easy because they'll be you'll be able to know what the deposits are and all the expenses will be in there by vendor meaning you're paying the phone company you're paying the utility company you're not paying the actual account which you're going to have to uh, categorize them too such as the telephone and the utility company so you got to then categorize how much you paid to particular vendors how those vendors tie into particular expense accounts and then compile your income statement from there also note that you could further complicate things a bit if you use the credit card a lot because then you have to think about if you want to deviate from basically a cash flow basis and record the credit cards as you're making the purchases happen or if you're just going to record the credit cards when you make uh, the payments on them so it's another kind of thing that can make the income statement a little bit more difficult and make you possibly need to deviate then from a straight uh, cash basis to to achieve the objective you're trying to achieve with it so compile the cash flows and outflows into uh, relevant categories cash increases are generally revenue cash decreases are generally expenses also if you were to use accounting software something like a quickbooks something that uses a double entry accounting system it would compile both the income statement and the balance sheet and they'd kind of tie together they would fit together if you're compiling them separately then you're going to have to basically go through and compile them in this separate kind of fashion which is the way we're focusing in on completing it here so notice we really you can you can organize this this is another area where we're not governed by generally accepted accounting principles as we are if we're a large company in the u.s that that has these rules that we got to record things in accordance with therefore we have more leeway to do what we think is best for our personal purposes so in other words the income statement will probably vary and differ the most out of our financial statements or differ more than the balance sheet when we're thinking about the business to the personal side of things and the fact that we don't have this kind of regulations that are telling us this is exactly how you have to record it because we're not publicly traded companies makes it actually a little bit more difficult because then we need to determine what is best for us so it's good gives us more leeway but then we need to think about what is the best kind of formatting for us you might do the most simple thing which is just simply the one step income statement statement which would simply be the the income minus the expenses and you just list out all your income up top you list out all your expenses on down below we're going to get into a little bit more detail here which may or may not be useful for you it's 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 a question as to how much detail you want to put into your income statement but we'll go through the income and expenses and say why we're kind of breaking it out this way but you can see we have our income up top we got our expenses which we broke out to fixed and variable the bottom line is the net income which we might then allocate to some kind of savings account or surplus so the bottom line here is going to be basically net income inflows minus the outflows so we're going to start off with the income item note that you might just include income if you're a w-2 employee with the amount you got net the amount that would be in your checking account or you might record it gross so in other words in your checking account if you were a w-2 employee you'd get the net pay which you might just say on a cash basis that's right where, where i would start right there or you might record the gross amount up top which you'd have on your paycheck stub and then record the difference either as an expense or we're going to report it up top here just so you can see it so we would have the the five thousand would be the wages then we took out the taxes for example this is mock taxes that were taken out they were taken out by the employer so in other words you earned five thousand but they basically took this money out and that means the five thousand minus the one three four three means the amount that hit the checking account was the three thousand six fifty four 
You also could have benefits such as a 401k, which complicate things as well, which on a cash basis, you could see them as a decrease, but they're going to go into an asset account because they're going to go into your investment account on the balance sheet. You might have other income that you could track, which would be the interest income, for example, which you'd get from your financial institutions, which you would see hit the bank account as a deposit. Uh, and that's probably where you would pick it up or you'd see it on the statements from the from the institution. Earnings from investments like dividends, which you might see here as well. If you're recording increases and decreases in the capital gains of investments, then you might record those. That's a kind of a deviation from the cash basis. But, you know, you might be trying to record your investments on a, a basis as well. And that would mean you would be recording income for that. And that would be a deviation from, in essence, the cash basis. Then on the expenses side, we broke out the expenses between fixed and variable. Fixed and variable is a concept generally that is applied to, to, finance, to accounting for a business, often manufacturing businesses. When you think about fixed expenses, you're usually thinking about those that that aren't going to change with the level of production meaning in this case we can apply the similar concept saying no matter how much income i make the the fixed expenses are going to be the same at this point in time the reason it's useful to break out the fixed expenses is because these are the ones that you don't expect to be changing so you might actually put them in a separate subcategory you don't have to but you might put this put them in this separate subcategory because one, they're going to be easy for you to budget and plan for because usually they will be the same over time. And two, they're going to be items that uh, you don't have much control over in the short run. For example, the rent is what the rent is. I, my behavior when I budget into the future until I sign a new lease doesn't have much impact on the what the rent will be at that point in time. So, so that's a couple of reasons you might break out these as kind of the fixed costs. We got rent, loan payment, interest, transportation. If it was a fixed transportation, like the subway or something, life insurance, and then uh, the the rent insurance. Then we broke out the variable expenses. These are things that we're going to say would vary with income in essence. Meaning, if my income goes up, I might I might change these. There are also things from this perspective that you might see as items you have more control over. So if you were to create a budget to kind of tighten things up or something like that, these are the areas that, that you can look into. You can't really tighten up the rent. It is what it is, right? You could possibly look at these items. So like food, uh, groceries, clothing, telephone, utilities, personal. Now note that these are where you often have the most leeway in this category as to what categorization you want to have. And it will not then be completely like the business side because your objective isn't such just revenue generation. So for example, food, you might break out into groceries, you might break out into restaurants, you might even get more detailed at the particular types of food that you're spending money on, not for financial purposes, but possibly to track your food consumption <laughs> in some way, or at least the money that you're spending on food. And that could be a useful format as well. Also note that instead of breaking out between fixed and variable you might try having a whole lot more subcategories many people like having a lot of subcategories for example you might say this is food and then you're going to have like three subcategories of food which will then total up to total food which means it's going to add two more line items to your income statement so you get a longer income statement that way but then you have those two subtotals you've got the detailed broken out between the types of food and you have the total in food in general, which can give you that added amount of information. 
Now, if you do that, that's a lot easier to do if you have an accounting software like a QuickBooks or something like that to do that type of categorization. Many people over, go way over the top on adding too many accounts because they want too much detail and it costs you in time to do that. Other people, they don't have enough accounts and probably don't have enough detail to make the decisions that they would like. So you want to be somewhere in between wherever you lean on either too simplified or too detailed. You probably want to try to you know go towards the middle there. So then we got obviously clothing, which is not something you'd see on the business side, but it might be something relevant for us to track. Telephone, that you would probably see on the business side. Also note that all of these, including like the utilities and telephone, they might have an accrual component and I mean, they might have a mixed component, meaning some of it might be you're considering fixed. There's this fixed floor line. And then over that fixed amount, you have some control over the amount over above that, that baseline. Personal care, medical expenses, recreation. Then once again, recreation is one that you might actually want to break out to the types of recreation, depending on how much uh, detail you want to get into for tracking your recreation gifts and donations. And then we sum those up. And so then, so that's going to give us the bottom line here. So we got the income minus the expenses. So income adds up to the total income. Then we've got the fixed and variable expenses, which add up finally to the total expenses. So really, we only have two sides here, income minus expenses, although we have these subcategories that we have added. Also, just realize that these deductions we put over here to show the difference between the net and gross, you could think about those as expenses and put them down here in the expenses area because you know you could think of them as in essence a cash outflow two transactions happening at the same time you got paid and then they took the money out directly at that point and then you got the net income which is the bottom line income minus the expenses which of course is this 3799 minus the 3059 it's going to be the 740 then you might add them down here as your cash outflow that's coming out of your checking account that goes into your savings account allocation to savings and then cap your surplus because you might have an, a set allocated savings amount and if your allocated savings amount is set from a cash flow basis you can think of it as basically a fixed decrease you could put it up here from a per certain perspective saying that's coming out of my cash account that i'm spending but it's really going into your asset account which is going to be on your balance sheet so you might better put it down here under the net income so that you could show that that's that's going to bring down the amount of usable cash out of your checking account even though it's going to go into another another asset account also just realize that uh, w when we think about the the loan payment for for the for this one that's another area where you're kind of deviation from a cash and accrual if you're paying off a loan payment you could think about the whole payment as a cash decrease coming out of your checking account so it comes out of your spending cash but you put the loan on the books as a liability so if you were doing that from an accounting standpoint, it's another area where you kind of have to deviate. You'd have to break out the interest portion versus the principal portion so that you can allocate those out. So, so you got that kind of difference between a cash and accrual accounting method basis that you'd have to be dealing with. If we if we enter this into QuickBooks software, you'd have to you'd have to reconcile that when you enter the transaction. If you enter this by hand, balance sheet, and then income statement, you can think of this as basically just a cash decrease. So then to record the income, you're going to have, of course, the cash inflows that you'll think about, and then the gross income earnings before withholdings, take take home pay or net pay. 
That's the difference between your gross pay and your net pay on your paycheck stub. The net pay is what you actually get on your on your checking account. The net pay is earned after deductions for taxes. And then we have the discretionary income money left over after paying for housing, food, or other necessities. This is one way you might want to think about your your items. And that's kind of what we have in terms of the fixed items up here, meaning you might want to think about what the baseline things that you need to have and then the difference between what you need to have and and your revenue is your discretionary spending that you can then spend on entertainment or whatever you want to do with it or save it other income we have commissions self-employment income interest income dividend income gifts grants scholarships government payments pensions retirement income alimony and child support these are all different kinds of incomes that may be applicable to you. And if so, they would be on the top line item in your income line. They would be going into your checking account. You'd be seeing them going into your bank statement. So then we're going to record the expenses. These are the outflows may break out into fixed and variable as we have done here. Category by expense category. So notice we have categorized them by what we used them for. And in order to do that, you're going to have to see them on the bank statement, see who you paid and track who you paid to the category. Sometimes that's easy, like the phone company, AT&T phone company. Sometimes it's more difficult, like I bought something online at Amazon or something like that. And I have no idea where to go, where to put it. And I might put it into like personal random expenses or something like that, right? Calculate net cash flow. That's the total cash inflow or income less total cash outflow or expenses. And that'll give you basically the bottom line, your net income, which again, we tacked on then allocation to savings down here to get to our surplus after that allocation.